Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Three days after I say that we're going to go through a drought in terms of moves, in terms of news in the NFL uh, season. Here we are. The Dolphins are making moves. Welcome into Finsider Radio. This is the Jake and Josh show. I am Jake Mendel. Joining me is Josh House. And Josh, we have some interesting, interesting news with the uh, nugget that Bobby McCain has been released. Before we get into that, though, how are you doing on this fine Saturday? I'm doing good, Jake. I mean, anytime that we get to come on here and talk about the team that we love, I mean, it's a great day. It's kind of cold outside. I'm sure you're feeling it up north. But this Bobby McCain news kind of came pretty quick. I mean, we knew it was going to happen once they drafted a safety, but, you know, we were just talking, like you said, on a previous podcast about how it was going to be this long law between now and, you know, some of these moves that we see came right out. The Dolphins moved on from Bobby McCain, and I'm excited to talk about what it means for the future of this franchise. You know, you mentioned it was obviously something that could happen once the Dolphins did draft the safety with their first pick in the second round here. Um, I got to ask you, Josh, do you think the Dolphins went into this draft, uh, guaranteeing themselves that they were going to replace uh, the safety position, that this was their way to make money? Because I think we've been kind of uh, beating that horse for a while now, the one, the sense that, you know, this team needs to make money somehow. You know, there's not enough cap space for everything they want to do. We see they still want to sign players. We'll get to uh, them signing Jason McCourtney in just a second. Uh, but do you think that this was their plan all along, that safety is going to be that position that we're going to um, focus on in order to save some uh, cap space? They certainly weren't against it, right? I mean, I don't know that they went into this truly saying, you know, we need to come out of this draft with a safety because, let's be honest, we have to feel pretty good about those players they did have. I mean, for as down on Bobby McCain as we were, the leadership that he brought to this team is going to be invaluable, and we're going to see how this team, you know, handles that this year. But I think, again, the way the board fell, the way some of these, you know, we saw the run on quarterbacks, we saw you know, some of these defensive players. We only saw the one edge rusher go. I mean, it pushed some of these guys down. The Dolphins saw safety there. We know we can speculate on whether it was Javante Williams or Holland this entire time. But they got the safety, and like you said, we knew a move was coming. And what better move than Bobby McCain? Because it does. It saves up $5.65 million in cap space. It allows the Dolphins some flexibility there. And as we saw, they already had a move in place and ready to go once they made this move. Yeah, Bobby McCain, 27 years old. He was drafted in the fifth round of the 2015 draft. Uh, he was originally a slot cornerback, and I always thought he played pretty well. But I think it's safe to say... Um, you're going to feel good about anyone that isn't Jimmy Wilson. I, I think that's that's something we can really all agree on there. Uh, so he was originally a slot corner, and I'm not going to put him on the level of Zach Thomas or Rashad Jones, but this is kind of or certainly one of those fifth-round success stories that we hear because it seems to go two ways with those fifth-round picks. Whether um, There are times, I think the Dolphins did it last year, uh, they cut a fifth-round pick. Uh, in, in training camp, or you know they come in and they're absolute stars. It seems like there's no middle ground there. Uh, he signed a $27 million four-year extension in June of 2018, and he only played less than 16 games twice in his career. 2018, he played 14 games. 2019, only nine games. Uh, 
Played 89% of snaps last year, Josh, so let's really talk about that. Uh, he was someone who was a big part of this defense. I don't think anyone's really losing sleep about losing McCain, uh, but he was someone you felt good to have out there on the field. You were comfortable knowing he was going to be in the right spot. And on top of that, he was going to put other people in that right spot as well. Absolutely. I mean, uh, again, he was almost a punching bag a little bit there for Dolphin fans. You mentioned he got that big contract after he was, you know, in the slot, after he kind of made a name for himself there. I mean, he was one of the better nickel corners in football there for a little bit. He got paid right away. And then they transitioned to safety. Obviously, you're going to have growing pains there. But, um, you know, for as down on that position as I was last season heading into the draft, I was absolutely, you know, they have to find a free safety. I was kind of impressed with what he did last year. You mentioned the 46 tackles. But I think more importantly, is just what he brought as a leader. And we continue to hear whether it was press conference after press conference or, you know, uh, you know, Josh Boyer, Brian Floyd, whoever it was, his teammates, they raved about what Bobby McCain meant to that and just getting them set up pre-snap. So, I mean, that to me is the biggest concern is, yes, you're bringing in a veteran like Jason McCordy, and we'll talk about that signing in a second, who I, I mean, you got to have confidence that he can go out there and do the same things. I mean, he's more experienced than Bobby McCain, but um, I think that's going to be the biggest thing that we miss from Bobby McCain. Not so much his skills as a safety, but what he meant to that locker room and his leadership on the field. So th there's a fun little note here, and it, it's kind of interesting how everything's intertwined. Uh, a little bit of a butterfly effect here. Uh, we mentioned he was a fifth-round pick in the 2015 draft. Uh, that was that pick was originally uh, was the Rams pick, and it went to the Eagles in a trade that involved Nick Foles and Sam Bradford. So then the Eagles had that pick, and they traded up that year and switched second-round picks with the Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins drafted Jordan Phillips, uh, and they actually got another fifth-round pick, too. The name of who they drafted escapes me, and obviously it's not that big of a deal. But the Eagles, with that pick in 2015, selected Eric Rowe. So I thought that was really, really interesting just to kind of see, see those things go full circle. That's awesome. I, I don't know that many people know that. And I mean, I'd love to see you pull out the Charlie. We always reference Charlie in his little web. Yes. Uh, I want to see you put this all together and, and find out where these different pieces came from. So the, the next question here, Josh, comes, why make this move, right? Um, we just kind of talked about it. Bobby McCain became a very consistent free safety. And when you're a 10 and 16, you're hoping to not really change too, too much, right? Especially with, with the Dolphins, there was a clear identity with that team and Bobby McCain was part of it. So what the move does is it saves the Dolphins $5.6 million against the cap and leaves them with about $1.5 in dead money. Uh, we mentioned that the Dolphins drafted Javon Holland in the second round to be a ball hawking safety. He can line up in the slot. Uh, I think I mentioned this on our draft show, but one thing I'm reading is people like the Javon Holland pick a lot more if he's lining up in the slot, which I thought was really interesting. And on top of that, Brian Flores, he loves his flexibility, and this pick certainly uh, fits that bill. He isn't an in-the-box safety. And, Josh, I was listening to a podcast. I thought this was such a cool comparison. Uh, coming out of college, Javon Holland's knock on him is that he's not really the fastest guy on the field, but he's a ball hawk, and that's why he can play in the slot. That's why he's a free safety. He can really get into a position to attack the ball. They compared him coming out of college to Xavier Howard when he was coming out, and I actually thought that was a, a pretty great comparison when uh, you, you really think about it. Uh, Howard, there were those risks. It took a year or two, but he really uh, has turned into his own as a top corner in the NFL. He really is, and we know he's going to get paid you know, very soon like that top player. But, I mean, the Holland signing you love, and again, it brings back to the flexibility. It now leaves us, we'll talk about, you know, maybe Eric Rowe. Are we going to move on from Eric Rowe now, Jake? I mean, we'll talk about that in a second. But to me, I just love what Holland brings to this team. You mentioned it. You know, a, a lot of people think he's actually better in run support than what we have in, in Eric Rowe. You know what maybe Bob McCain and Brandon Jones can do it. And that, to me, is pretty surprising because those guys, you know, uh, Brandon Jones is no slouch in the run game. And to see some of those clips of Holland just coming down, 
down and making some of those tackles in the open field. Yes, he has that range. Yes, he has those cover skills, like you said. But this is a guy who can go out there and hit, too. So I think, you know, this checks all the boxes. Like you said, this is a Brian Flores guy. And I just wish the camera was on him because I guarantee you he was just as excited about this pick as he was Raquan Davis a year ago. I like that comparison. And it's so hard to, like... Think about what Holland's going to be asked to do, and you can kind of understand where Minka Fitzpatrick didn't want to do this um, in the sense of I'm not trying to get into the whole argument here, but Holland's job is probably going to line up as a slot cornerback, and when you're a slot cornerback, you're going to have to leap to the left, leap to the right. There is such a large route tree compared to you know a boundary corner who is you know, you're protecting the boundary or you're going against the post. I know they're a little different. Or, differences but that's that's basically what it is you're not covering the entire field uh as much as a slot especially right off the snap and then you know being that close to the line of scrimmage being near the box you're going to have to stop the run you're going to have to be someone who can tackle because those sweeps those outside runs uh they're coming right at you they're going to go at the cornerbacks that's the chess match of football so i just think you know this is a player that seems to really fit that bill and you can see that it might be a little bit of a learning curve because this is, especially in Brian Flores' defense, something that a uh, position that's asked quite a bit from you. Yeah, and I, I think that's kind of where this next move came into play. You know, we can sit here and talk about, you know, the learning curve that it is going to take, but the Dolphins, again, they had a move in place. They brought in Jason McCourty, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Jake, but he is 33 years old. He will soon yep. be 34 years old. So this is a guy who's been around the league for many years. Looks like he played 12 years in the NFL started in 137 out of 166 games, had success with Tennessee and New England. So, um, Jake, I think this was more about being that guy that can come in here and kind of be that leader, like we said, we're going to miss it by McKean, go out there and get these guys set up pre-snap and to be a, you know, added resource to these young guys, to, to be someone that Holland can lean on and these other guys can rely on to take that next step in their career and become, you know, what this Dolphins defense expects them to be. You know, when I when I started to really dig into the signing, my uh, first thought was that Chiefs game last year. And when Bobby McCain got hurt, like every player does, it, it's football, players get hurt. Once he was out of the game, the Chiefs offense just torched, torched that secondary. Um, and, and it wasn't even too much of a challenge. The Chiefs really just walk up and down the field. But when you have someone like Jason McCourtney, who obviously I don't think he's going to come in and start 16 games and play the, what, 80 89% of snaps that Bobby McCain played. Uh, but what I think he can do is not only push some of the younger guys and be that leader, but like I just mentioned, football is a very physical game. I think he's someone you can put out there for whether it's three drives or maybe even you have to three games and not think that he's going to completely ruin the game plan. He's someone that can really just jump in and you don't know. I'm not going to say he's going to be a lockdown guy, but you can trust what he's capable of uh, as someone who's been in the league for so long. Yeah, and he does have experience playing free safety, I believe. So, you know, there is some experience there. I think he did it last year with the, the Titans. So, you know, that could be a possibility as well. Um, I guess my biggest concern here is just how much of his, uh, you know, how many snaps is he going to take away from some of these younger guys? Because as we saw, you know, the Dolphins just love getting these young players out in the field. And, it, you know, if it were up to them, you know, Holland be out there day one. So love the signing, love what he's going to bring as far as leadership and valuable asset he'll be on the field. Jake, unless there's something else you want to say about these two signings, we can jump into an ad, and then we'll talk about what's next for the Miami Dolphins and those sexy New Jersey numbers. <laughs> uh, one last thing, uh, ESPN's Mike Reese, this is kind of just uh, PR talk at this point, but the Dolphins, uh, when they added Jason McCourtney, he said uh, that the chance to play Flores was the driving factor. Uh, obviously, another expatriate coming to Miami. They all love Flores, yada, 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 until they don't, like Kyle Van Noy. But yeah, that's my little rant. We'll jump into an ad and talk to you guys on the other side. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. 
Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And what's interesting about the Jason McCourty move is it's not really the move we all expected to be made because Malik Hooker uh, went and visited the team earlier in the week. I think we talked about that on the podcast. And he actually tweeted yesterday, yesterday being Friday, that he's going to enjoy the shit out of today just days after visiting Miami. Uh, this could be, again, going too deep into the Charlie um, theories here. Uh, but is Hooker going to be the next guy signed? Are they going to do what they did with Bobby McCain and replace uh, Eric Rowe with someone who's going to be cheaper and save about another $4 million if you move on from Rowe and you put in someone like Hooker? Um I, like I said, I might be driving too deep into that, but it, it would be a way for the Dolphins to save another three or four million if they wanted to, you know, add a right some right tackle competition or maybe sign a running back that gets cut like a carry on Johnson. But uh, it's worth something to talk about, I guess. Yeah, never say never. I, I think they definitely have a plan in place. And I do think, you know, now that we see Bobby McCain on the outs, I mean, Eric Rowe is one of the, when it comes to matching up against tight ends, you know, Eric Rowe does it better than most defensive backs in the league. And that's a valuable asset to have. But I do think, you know, eventually will be on his out. So could they bring in Malik Hooker, man? I, hooker season, let's do it. I think, you know, they kind of touched base with him. Maybe he's not fully healed like we expect. I, I mean, he's 25 years old. So um, I, I would love to, that signing. I don't know if you can move on from an Eric Rowe, but Jake, he, they can never have too many defensive backs. And, and Brian Flores loves the competition. So l- let's bring Malik Hooker in here. Hooker season. Uh, let's let's talk about uh, the are the Dolphins better than they were you know let's say three days ago would you say with this move alone yes uh, I yeah I mean are we are we talking about on the field I don't know they are on the field right I, I don't know that I can say that no so it, I, from from a value from a, from a cap standpoint absolutely you can't argue right. that but I would much rather Bobby McCain than Jason McCordy right now at what 34 years old or even Malik Hooker coming off his injury I I, I kind of agree with you and it, they do seem like. Uh, moves that needed to be made due to cap space. And I think it's uh, worth pointing out, to, it kind of reminds me, maybe not to the most dramatic level in terms of big uh, changes in your defense, but if they replace uh, Rowe and Bobby McCain, it's going to kind of be like Carlos Dansby and Kevin Burnett all over again. Obviously, you're not giving uh, these guys four-year deals like you gave Danelle Ellerby and Philip Wheeler, but just kind of you had a position that was pretty decent, and you decided to move on just because. Obviously, there's a little more to the just because, speaking of cap space, but in terms of just mixing things up, this kind of seemed that way. 
Yeah, and I, I don't want to get too far into the whole Charlie theory. I guess we should just call it the Charlie theory here on the podcast. But, I mean, who's to say, you know, Bobby McCain wasn't upset with some of those quarterback shuffling going around or some of the things going on in the locker room like a Kyle Van Noy. I mean, that's just added speculation to this whole thing. But I think we both agree the Dolphins are not better on the field without Bobby McCain. And I think we both wish Bobby McCain the best because he gave it his all here in Miami. And, yes, again, he was a punching bag, but he went out there and he, he's he going balls. to be missed for the Dolphins for sure. Yeah, uh, I think he already was going to visit Washington. I think he's someone who's going to get a job pretty quickly. It's tough to get cut uh, this time of the year, especially when all the big money's gone. But teams no. might be a little more aggressive because their um, uh, picks or free agent signings don't count towards the uh, comp formula for uh, draft picks. And isn't it funny just watching teams like you know, like Washington and some of those other teams? They're just kind of picking the scraps from the Dolphins. I mean, now they got Fitzpatrick starting. They might bring Bobby McCain in there. I mean, they're turning into the Dolphins. So it's it's cool to see some of these teams seeing the value and seeing the way the Dolphins are, are truly building the right thing down there in Miami. Jake, before we get into the numbers, I want to ask you, do you think Josh Boyer and Brian Flores believe enough in their coaching? And, I mean, uh, why shouldn't they? That they can kind of pretty much plug and play defensive backs into the system and at least get some successful results out of it. I think you have to. I think there's a foundation in every defense, and then you hope that there's going to be two or three players that really outperform expectations and, and take them to that extra level. You hope that someone like Brian Flores, uh, defense is going to be your strength, right? You're not, you didn't sign an offensive-minded coach. You're not going to have a, the quarterback whisperer. But what you should expect every year is that no matter what moves the Dolphins make, they're at least going to be this good on defense. They're going to at least be, what, a tw- top 12 defense, let's say, or something like that. Obviously, that wasn't the case in 2019, but, you know, strip roster and, and everything like that. But, yeah, I think you have to say... With, with making moves like these, especially uh, adjusting McCourtney for McCain, uh, I didn't think it was too big of a drop-off because of Brian Flores, because he's going to make it work because you paid him to improve those situations that are impacted to set by salary cap, just like you pay someone like a Sean McVay, whoever it may be, to improve offensive situations that might be hindered due to the salary cap. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the biggest thing here is we have to remember Brian Flores inherited some of these players. You know, he w- didn't draft by McCain. You know, maybe Chris Greer had some saying that, but this wasn't a, a Brian Flores player. And even if it was, I mean, they brought in Kyle Van Noy. They brought in some of these guys last year. Those were Brian Flores guys. And he said, you know what, we can do better off without you. So I'm going to continue to trust the process. I'm going to believe that Brian Flores and Josh Boyer know what they're doing. And, you know, until they prove me wrong, I'm going to trust the process. So, Jake, unless there's anything else you want to talk about with the safety position, Bobby McCain. I think we can jump into what everyone wants to talk about, and that is the jersey numbers. You know, they always save the best for last, right? That's kind of what we're doing here. Uh, if anyone's on that Miami Dolphins uh, social media creative team, uh, you really you really missed a, a nice little touch you could have done here. They released all the uh, numbers as a GIF, and each you know one it was like part of a jersey. Josh, they really missed out on just putting a seventy-two and undefeated in the middle of that to kind of get everyone hyped up. Wow. Yes. I mean, that, I didn't even think of that, and. and yeah, they should have. <laughs> they they so really yeah, should have. You know, you know where to find the creative people if you're looking for a social or a Dolphins media team, even though they're usually pretty good. But um, the Kyler Murray crying Jordan face that we made, uh, I think that will forever be the top thing we've done. We definitely rival them, Jake. And I mean, someday, you know, hopefully one of us are there making some of these different images for the Dolphins. But let's talk about the jersey numbers, man, because a lot of people are up in arms. You know, some people 
are just scared to see a linebacker wearing the number 15. But, I mean, I can go down the list here if you'd like, or you can just throw out, you know, the names that jump out to you. But to me, Jalen Phillips getting that number 15 jersey, seeing an outside linebacker rushing the quarterback, wearing number 15, that's going to be awesome to see. And, I mean, he came out of that. I mean, that was a grudge match. A lot of players had that number, and he came out of that unscathed. It's wild how uh, so many single digits are already being used. And I got to say, Josh, like, 45 sounds like a linebacker number because I feel it feels like I don't know if it's just me and my dumb brain really thinking about this, but 45 looks like a linebacker number because it's big, it's bulky. But then when I see someone wearing like a number eight, I think they're thin and fast and, and very agile. I don't know what it is, but I think their number helps them improve on the field i don't there's no science and that's not true but i'm gonna go with that because that's certainly what it seems like especially a lineman wearing 79 that you know he is a big lineman if he's wearing number 79 you do not see some small uh swing tackle wearing the number 79 yeah, and to, to your point, I mean, I think I've always looked at college receivers and just thought, you know, those guys look faster, and that's probably yep. what it is. You know, they're wearing number one, and they're wearing – so, I mean, how is Alan Hearns going to – I mean, we're missing a prime opportunity to Photoshop Alan Hearns' head on Matt, Matt Moore's body with this because, yes. I mean, he, he's going to be rocking number eight. I got Lim Bowden wearing the number six. Albert Fuller Wilson the, at two? What's faster than number two? I was going to say, Will Fuller going number three. I mean, Dwayne Wade, I mean, that's kind of a power move, isn't it? That's, that's pretty big, and then – LBJ with the number six. I mean, these are these are pretty awesome. It's good. It's going to be fun, and you know, a lot of these guys probably have to pay that crazy fee to change their jersey numbers. Oh, you're 100 percent right. This is something that's certainly going to take a little while to get used to because, um, especially in the preseason, I could kind of figure out who was who based on where the numbers were, especially in you know, a Brian Flores defense where there are a lot of different linebackers and safeties and edge rushers running around the field. So this is going to be a challenge, but you know, it's, it's new, it, it's refreshing and you know, things aren't going to stay the same way forever. So let's just embrace it, I guess. Yeah, let's embrace it. And you know, before we end the podcast, Jake, what, what do you feel about uh, Jalen Waddle wearing number 17, taking Tannehill's number? Ooh, that's a good one. That That's a very good question. Hey, as long as it's not number 19, right? That's, that's the no, no number. That number, Jakeem Grant with that jersey number is getting shot into orbit later this year. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he. I mean, I, I can't say this enough. That that wide receiver training camp battles. Uh, there are going to be a lot of really dramatic stories by writers who, uh, reporters who wrote down every single play, which I guess that's kind of what is wanted. Fans want to see and, and talk about every single play, so I guess I can't really blame them. But, oh, my God, the, this player dropped one ball. Is their career over? It's going to be a mess trying to figure out who's going to come out alive in that wide receiver battle. Yeah, I did see, I believe it was Armando Salguero, the Miami Herald. He released that May 14th through the 16th will be the Miami Dolphins rookie minicamp, so throw that date out there. Well, there certainly have something to talk to there, but Josh... This was fun. This was a little refreshing on a Saturday. I know you haven't had your coffee yet, but thanks for uh, chugging along here with me. Thank you guys for listening. If you are enjoying what you're listening to, hit that subscribe button to know the second we are posting a new podcast. We try to stay kind of consistent releasing shows, but hey, life gets in the way quite a bit, and it is what it is. Uh, if you would like to yell at us, talk to us, retweet us, whatever it may be, you can follow us on Twitter. Josh can be found at H-O-U-T-Z, also known as, well, Outs. And I am at jmendel94, and I think this is about maybe three weeks in a row I've said the right Twitter handle. I deserve myself an award. Uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll take myself out for ice cream later. Josh, you got any <laughs> final thoughts here before we close out? No, but Jake, you definitely should take yourself out for ice cream. Treat yourself to uh, the most expensive cone on, on the menu. But um, I don't know if Jake said it, but thank you guys so much for listening to us. We will make sure that we get a new podcast out to you early to mid next week. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to the Jake and Josh Show, part of SB Nation's Finsider Radio. I am Josh Houts. That's Jake Mendel. We'll talk to you next time. Fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. We're the...